Welcome to the Chronic Spoonful podcast, where we discuss real life with real chronic illness. Each week, we'll cover an aspect of real life spoony living and what that can mean for different chronic illnesses. We hope this will be a place you can go for updated spoony info and where you'll find humor because, you know, we're a little crazy, important information, and community. As a disclaimer, we just want to remind you that, yes, we'll be talking about chronic illness and health information, but we are not your doctor. Everyone's chronic illness is different, and we are absolutely not MDs, so we are not qualified to give you medical advice. We're going to tell you unequivocally to discuss anything we talk about on this podcast with your doctor. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, We're going to talk a little bit like we do every week about what's new and noteworthy. But first of all, I want to I want to just say I hope you guys had a great week. I hope um, everybody's doing well um, as well as you can be because, you know, we are talking about chronic illness here. Uh, So I just hope everyone's doing okay and and having as good a week as you possibly can and sharing and sharing your week in the Facebook group because we love when people share with us and share with each other and encourage one another in the group. Um, So talking about what's new and happening Nicole, you have something to share in as far as new and noteworthy. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, this is an experimental treatment, offers new hope against lupus. It was in the paper, which is exciting. It's an experimental antibody therapy that may ease um, mostly, I think what they're saying, they're saying skin symptoms for people with lupus. Um, but it's also saying in the article that there's going to be other benefits. So for people that just have SLE instead of discoid, this isn't uh, directly just for discoid, but so this no, you know, what? So this is Nicole, this is an MRNA treatment, yes. right? Like, like, yes. the, like what they can, like the vaccine we're, we're using for, this is for very similar. Yeah. To the COVID similar, right? it's, a, it's a monoclonal antibody. Yes. That's yes. what they're doing. It's called VIB 733 or 7734 right now. It's got no name. <laughs> it says that such antibodies can be directed against specific substances in the body that are involved in the disease process. So that's pretty Ooh. encouraging, but it's only been tested. I guess it's in um, the very, very, very beginning stages right now. So there isn't a ton of data, but what they have seen has all been positive. Very That's positive. So awesome. Yes, it's exciting. Yeah, these this this mono, this uh, mRNA technology that they're that they're really testing. There's very high hopes for it, and yes. against a lot of diseases. Yes. So you know, this this could be very encouraging for lupus patients. So fingers crossed and eyes on eyes on this treatment. Yes, it's very exciting. Ooh, such good news. Yes. And we don't have much scientific news to share all the time. That's like big news. So this is kind of big. Yes, it really is. You know, you know all, all we usually talk about is politics and, and you know, vaccines and COVID. COVID, <laughs> COVID which is, you know, seems like it's never going to get out of our news and note, news and noteworthiness. And, yeah. So this is very exciting. Um, 
and hoping that it leads to other treatments too for rare diseases because yeah. that would be really nice. Mm-hmm. That they're would be even, really they're, nice. Yeah, because they're saying like the like, mRNA technology or something, it could help HIV and AIDS, yeah. you know, and other diseases, other disease processes. So I think that's really exciting. Yeah, this is, you know, I've been, I've been reading other scientific articles where, you know, they, I know that they've been looking at it, but there hasn't been anything that's come out as far, as far as anything being as, as exciting as what they're talking about in this article. Yeah. So this is, this is definitely a step forward. So we'll keep you guys updated if we hear more. Definitely. Yay. Yay. Um, on less positive news, back to our COVID and um, politics, uh, a lot of, has been happening this week with Dr. Fauci's emails being yeah. released. That there's been a lot of talk and, and some attacks by uh, mostly on the right um, about his emails. Um, some of his emails stated that there, some of his emails stated that he thought there was a possibility that the vaccine could have been created in a lab in China and possibly accidentally have been released to the public through some sort of weird accident or whatever. I'm, I'm paraphrasing a lot here. And so the, the, the right totally jumped on this because they were like, you know, see, see, he knew it. And, you know, when, when the president said it, he, he didn't support him and they're just really hyper-focused in on this. But the, to be honest, there's really no smoking gun in those emails Mm-mm. because all he was saying is there was a slight, slight, slight possibility at the time that he said it, he was focusing on trying to keep people safe from yeah. the virus. Mm-hmm. And at that point, where it came from wasn't a priority. Um, and really he still truly believes it came from an animal. He was talking on the news the other day. He, he believes it came from, you know, some mammal, likely a bat, but some mammal, and that's where the virus originated. Um, he still thinks it's, it's likely not the lab, but he's not ruling it out. Cause that's what scientists do. They I was don't going to say that. Yeah. Out. You have to look at all avenues. Uh, so there, the, they're attacking a lot. Some people are attacking him for that, um, which they're attacking him for that. And now saying, because of that, everything he said is absolutely wrong. And then they go through like, you know, he gave wrong information in the beginning of the, of the pandemic and this and that, but science changes. The thing with science is that this was a novel coronavirus. It was a brand new virus. We didn't know anything much about it. You, it takes time to learn. So while you may give a piece of advice at the beginning, as things change, you're going to change how you handle it. And so in the beginning, it was don't really wear masks. And yes, he did say, tell people to wear cloth masks because we don't want a run on medical grade equipment. We needed that medical grade equipment for hospitals. I remember that. I remember that at the beginning of the pandemic. And now people are saying that he hid this from the public, except he didn't hide it from the public. It, it was out there in the beginning. Mm-hmm. 
it was there. People knew about it. Yep. I, I think people just kind of forgot and they're pouncing on that because it's in his emails now, but it was there in the beginning. People knew we didn't want to run on those medical grade masks. And they were saying those cloth masks were good enough at the time. When it started to get worse, they said, okay, now go to these medical grade masks. People are really going into these emails and trying to find smoking guns that aren't there. Dr. Fauci's science is still valid. He's still, he's still a renowned scientist on these type of diseases. He's been through, gosh knows how many presidencies. I think it's like six, six presidents. I think so. Where he, that he's advised through numerous epidemics and, and, and disease situations. And he knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. And I, I, I really feel like some of this is just, just grasping at straws to grasp at straws, to try and find someone to vilify for this pandemic because they don't want to vilify a, the person who didn't handle it properly to begin with. I mean, this is me getting on my soapbox right now, but I, I do feel like this is a, an invalid attack on a very good scientist. And I am still going to follow, I'm still going to follow the science. And I don't, I followed the science and the science backed up Dr. Fauci. The science still backs up Dr. Fauci. Mm -hmm. I can have a different discussion about the CDC. Yeah, no but doubt. The science backs up Dr. Fauci. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> I want to put that out there because I feel like, you know, he, he told us the best information he had at the time. He really, he, he was not trying to hurt people along the way. And sometimes you guys, he told us the truth and he stood up to power when no one else would. And I think that that was really important. And it's really important now because we're going into a situation where mask mandates are being lifted. Many of us are immunocompromised or just feeling not ready. And we're still gonna be wearing masks and we're gonna be dealing with a lot of pushback for that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some restaurant, I think, in, I think it's in California too, where they won't serve anybody if they're wearing a mask. If you come in the restaurant, they won't serve you food. They won't allow you to buy their food if you're wearing a mask. I have many opinions and not nice words to say about that restaurant and won't be eating there. Yeah. So, and it's in it to me it comes from a place of ignorance. However, like, so I, I know that like when the mask mandates are lifted, there are going to be many of us that still need to wear masks. So there's going to be immunocompromised, like people who have autoimmune diseases, people who are going through cancer treatment, you're, that, that are still vulnerable to very vulnerable to COVID. There's going to be people like me that I just don't want to get COVID. I just don't. I, I, I still don't understand the long-term effects of even a mild case of this disease. And, and I know the CDC is putting out all this information of like, but if you get it, it's not a big deal. I'm still a little weird about it. So I'm going to be wearing a mask for a while. Yeah. yeah. And I know that I'm going to eventually get confronted by somebody who thinks I'm a liberal snowflake for wearing my mask. <laughs> you and me both. Right. So I have to figure out what to do about that, which leads us into our topic for today. And that's called 
setting boundaries and dealing with my boundaries. And my boundary for this situation is I'm wearing a mask and you can go take your little snowflake comment and shove it where the sun don't shine, baby. And I think when we have chronic illnesses, it's really important to set boundaries Yeah, because we have, we already have enough to deal with. We don't need extra stress. We don't need extra bad things in our lives. So setting boundaries becomes increasingly important. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, about what, what boundaries are, boundaries are kind of like setting limits for people. Like, what are you going to allow people to do? What are you going to allow yourself to do? What are you going to like kind of setting, you know, boxes around yourself? Like sometimes it's personal space. Sometimes it's alone. What are you going to allow people to say to you? What are you going to allow people to ask of you? Um, and kind of setting up those rules. They're just basically rules for living. And it's different for different situations, for different people, for different um, parts of your life. So you'll have different boundaries for different things. But you have to set these boundaries for yourself, especially when you have a chronic illness. Because if you don't, people are going to take advantage of you. And you're going to lose all yourself. your spoons real quick. Oh gosh, so much. You lose your spoons. Your mind. People, people will just use you up. Yep, throw you away. You'll use yourself up. Yeah. You'll use yourself up. It's, it's really hard to live a life without boundaries. Guys, it doesn't work very well. And it's hard. And even if you do have, if, even if you set boundaries, if they're not appropriate, you still lose a lot of spoons. You still lose a lot of energy. You still lose self-esteem. You end up with a lot of stress and it's unnecessary stress, or you end up with the wrong treatment. You end up going through a lot of unnecessary steps for things. You end up in bad relationships. It's like boundaries are just, they're, they're one of the most, the most important things we can do in our lives. They save us from so, so much, so You're many true. bad things. So true. <laughs> and, and I think Nicole and I speak from experience here Yes. So, and, and they're not easy. So like you have to set a boundary. So like setting an appropriate, first of all, you have to know what an appropriate boundary is for what you're doing. So like Nicole, let's say you're going to a doctor and the doctor would like to bring in all of his residents. How do you handle that? I personally say no. I'm not, I tell my, I had that happen during a surgery and it was a very, I felt very embarrassed. You know, I, I was out there for the whole world to see butt naked. The surgery was, you know, pretty personal. And um, he's like, well, I'm going to bring in like uh, four or five students and uh, you know, this and this and that. And I was like, and he said it right in front of the students. And I was like, you didn't even ask me privately. I said, no, my answer is no. It makes me very uncomfortable. And he did kind of have an attitude about it and kind of huffed and puffed and walked away. I don't care. I, I said, you're making me uncomfortable. No. I mean, that's, that's an important, bound. like medical boundaries are really important because mm -hmm. we see a lot of doctors. So for me, I go back and forth. So it depends on what our situation is and what I feel is okay. But like, even when you're being, being offered a treatment or being told you have to go do a test or that, you know, your body guys. And we've talked about this in the episode of like getting what you want out of your doctor, you know, your bodies, you know, what your body is feeling. If you don't feel comfortable with what a doctor is asking, 
it's okay to question. It is okay to question your doctor. It, it is, is okay to ask for a new doctor. Mm-hmm. It is okay to question your medical staff. It is okay to file a complaint with the hospital. Mm-hmm. And the it American okay Medical refuse, Association. It is okay to refuse a medical treatment, by the way. Nothing has to be forced on you. Those are important boundaries to remember. Yes, they went to medical school. And yes, they do, you know, know anatomy and physiology and all the medical stuff. But you also know your body and you've also been dealing with your chronic illness for ages. So you, you do know a lot of stuff too. Don't forget that. That's right. So it's, it's, it's important to set your boundaries with your doctor of what you will allow them to do to you and what you will not allow them to do to you. And it's the same thing in your personal relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, I think sometimes we have these chronic illnesses and we feel that we're not worthy of anything anymore because we hurt because no one's going to want us because we have we have extra needs. So we, we take whatever we can get and we can't, you guys, we can't, I'm making this sound really easy and I don't mean to, it's a hard, it's, it's hard to set boundaries guys. It's difficult. We can't settle for something just because it's there. You have to, you have to set your boundaries. You have to know what is good for you because bad for you is really, really bad for you. So when you're in a bad relationship, when you are, and and this goes for a romantic relationship, it also goes for a family relationship, parents, cousins, aunts, uncles, it goes for friendships. When that, when you, when you set those boundaries where you're giving more than you're getting all the time, it's just going to drain the life out of you just as much as any illness would. And it's hard to do. It's hard to say to a partner, a friend, a boss, anyone, hey, that makes me uncomfortable, or please don't say that again, or please don't tell that joke that makes me feel a certain way. You know, uh, there's, there's so many examples and it, it really does. It's, I remember when I was first starting out, like on my journey of, you know, my healing journey and reading the book boundaries, I think that was by Dr. Townsend, right? Which was a phenomenal book and was very helpful for me. And I remember not even realizing I let people cross boundaries, my boundaries all the time. And I was worried about being rejected about them leaving me. I had abandonment issues. I didn't want to be alone. I was scared. I wouldn't have anybody left. There was numerous things that went through my head and it took a long time to work through that and to learn how to set boundaries and realize that it's okay for me to say, no, this makes me uncomfortable or no, that hurts. I don't want you to do that. And if that person doesn't want to be in my life, then that is not a bad thing. They're obviously not a good fit for my life, but my rejection issues were so huge that I, I remember a time where setting a boundary, I, I couldn't even process. Them. Right. It, it, it takes practice. Mm-hmm. It takes practice. And sometimes it takes setting a small boundary. I mean, my issue is always setting boundaries at work because I, I am a person who really loves working <laughs> way too much. And I, I tend to set that over everything else. When you do that, you can actually really hurt your body more than you realize, um, even if you love what you're doing. So you have to take breaks. And I wasn't good at that. So when I first started out in a job that I really loved, I would just work all the time. 
and I did it and I did it well. And I just work, work, work. And as my body, as, as you know, the illness really started to take hold, even like, even before I was diagnosed, I, my body was telling me, you have to step back. You have to step back. You have to step back. So I started setting more boundaries about what I could do and what I couldn't do. And it started to make people angry. It started to like, I started delegating more. And then suddenly I was overstepping because I was delegating out work. It can be really difficult when you start to change your behaviors because you're now setting new boundaries for people. You're asking new things of people, Um, but you have to do it because you have to take care of yourself first. Again, I probably say it at least every other show, if not every show about the airplane analogy, the oxygen mask goes on you first before it can go on anyone else. Like sometimes you have to put on an oxygen mask. That is your boundary. The mask goes over the face. That is the boundary mask. It's hard guys. And you are going to deal with pushback sometimes, but you have to say it to people. You have to say, you can't say that. And you can't say that. And sometimes it's not even about you. Sometimes it's, they're saying it about someone else. Like there's been a lot of talk about race relations and all that stuff. And yeah, sometimes you're, you're protecting someone else, but you say, you got to say stuff when people are saying really stupid things. Cause if they're saying it about someone else, they're going to say it about you. And it really gives people like, it gives people the ability to treat you the way you should be treated. You mm-hmm. give people the right and, and the, you show them the way for them to treat you. So if you are just saying, oh no, it's okay. Oh no, that's fine. Every single time something bothers you, then that person really truly is going to believe you and think, oh, she doesn't really you know, care. So it's not a big deal, but inside it's really hurting you. Yes. Yes. And so the only person that ends up hurting in that situation is you. Mm-hmm. And then you, that just keeps eating away at you and either you keep eating away or eventually you blow up. So, yeah. So boundaries are really, but setting appropriate boundaries. So you don't want to overset a boundary. You don't want to overreact to a situation and set too far a boundary. Like you don't want to build walls around yourself so much that you're living in your own little bubble and never come out of it. Yeah. Uh, and I think sometimes when we're, when people are diagnosed with a chronic illness, they, they think that they can't live their life at all. And they build these walls around themselves and they don't let anybody in because they, they're constantly worried about rejection, right? So they build up these huge walls and all these boundaries and no, no one's ever going to get through. Just constant boundaries, boundary, 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 boundary. And it's a maze of boundaries and it's defense mechanism. So don't overset your boundaries, but know your worth know your, your strength, know what you can handle, uh, assess yourself and then set an appropriate boundary. You know, don't let people walk all over you. Don't overdo anything, but don't build such a high wall that people can't, you know, get through to you either. You need people, you need relationships. You, you need, you need a, a community around you. It can be a small community, but you need people. Yeah. I feel like, like, singing Barbara Streisand right now people (laughs) that's right (laughs) now you're getting me singing on the podcast that's great okay 
And um, the right people will stick around, you know, yeah. the right friendships, healthy friendships, healthy relationships, the right people will stick around when you say, Hey, you know what, that, that kind of didn't sit with me. Right. Would you mind not bringing that up again? You know, cause it, it makes yeah. me feel a certain way. And you know, when you're, when you're in a healthy relationship, Oh yeah. Didn't know that. Good to know. I won't do it again. And then you keep moving forward. It doesn't have to be the end. It doesn't have to be a big blow up. You know what I mean? And a lot of times it's just a passing conversation. That's right. It's not even anything that gets dwelt on. Mm-hmm. But it is like these, these conversations can be uncomfortable. The conversations about boundaries can be uncomfortable, but also sometimes you have guilt when you set a boundary because there's things like when you have a chronic illness, there's the boundary of, I can't do that. There's the boundary of your, your chronic illness limitation. It brings in the rejection feeling. It also brings in the guilt feeling. You feel guilty because you feel like you're letting your friends down. You feel like you're you're not doing what you used to be able to do for them. Or like if you have kids, you know, that you can't give them the attention you were able to give them before, or that you, you know, you wish you could be that better mom, or you wish you could be that better dad, because you see all the other moms and all the other dads. That is the, the I'm going to call it the sin of comparison. Mm-hmm. Comparing yourself to other people will hurt you more than anything that guilt of setting the boundary of what you can and can't do with other people hurts you so much. Setting an appropriate boundary with people at first may feel guilty, but later will help you in the end because your, your friends will, will know what you're able to do and what you're not able to do. And eventually you'll get into a rhythm of being able to do the things together that you're able to do. You'll get into that rhythm. You'll get used to it. And that boundary is going to be so helpful to you. It really is. Yeah. It's just going to walk around feeling uncomfortable all the time, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Not setting the boundary and trying to do the things that, that you're not able to do. It, it just, it's terrible. Like imagine not setting a boundary and your friends are like, let's go out till 3am. And you're there at two 30 in the morning, sensory overload, trying to dance with your joints aching, you know, your, your blood sugar dropping, your fatigue completely set in all over your body, trying to, to just make it to the end of the night with your friends. It's miserable, guys. You're it miserable. Is. And you know what? That energy, your friends are going to feel it. Your yeah. friends are going to feel it. They're going to feel your not fun energy. And it's going to bring, and everyone's going to kind of feel brought down in a sense anyway. You know what I mean? So if you, if you say, Hey, you know what, this is, this is the end of my night for me. This is kind of too much. I really appreciate that I got to come out for a little while because these are things I have to do pretty often. And this was a fun time, but you know what? It's coming to the end for me. I'm really tired. It's going to be hard for me to drive home. So I want to leave now. I mean, there's things like that, setting the boundary of you having to drive yourself Yeah. instead of going with the group or taking your own Uber or Lyft or whatever. That may be, that may be what you do. You know, there, there's, there's ways to handle it that, that you, and we've talked about it on other shows, setting your boundaries of how you're going to handle a night out, setting your boundaries of how you're going to handle social situations, setting your boundaries with your, your family of like how you handle getting the kids to school, how you handle the kids, social events, how you handle, 
um, family time when you're, when you're sick, how you handle getting meals on the table for the family on any given night. Maybe it's a better meal planning process that everybody has to get used to. You know, maybe you can't do gourmet meals anymore and they have to get used to casseroles. And casseroles are good, by the way, but maybe the family needs to get used to just a different way of meal planning. You know, maybe you can't eat foods that, that you guys used to eat, or so you have to eat a separate dinner than they do. You know, so there's there's just different conversations, different boundaries that have to be set with with different people in your life, and it just has to has to happen. Um, you know, maybe different budgets have to be set for things because now more money has to go to medical bills. So maybe you guys can't do the big family vacation to the Caribbean that you used to do. Maybe now it's a family vacation that's just camping. You know, it, you just you have to set new boundaries, set new expectations. It may be a little hard and tough conversations, but everyone will get used to it. It they they do. And then, and in the end, as people start to get used to the new boundaries, used to the new way of things, it, it, it gets peaceful, it gets easier and you get used to setting boundaries Yeah, and it gets almost addictive guys. <laughs> yeah, it does. And it can still be hard. Even if you're, you know, good at setting boundaries, there can still be people that you have a difficult time setting boundaries with. Yeah. I mean, I find it easier. I, I didn't, I wasn't really great at setting boundaries until I think I got into my thirties, late thirties. And I started setting boundaries and then it got easier and easier over time. And I'm hoping it continues to get easier and easier over time. But yeah, I do have some people that it's a little difficult to say no to or to set a good boundary with. Yeah, me too. And they're usually people I've known a long time that I didn't set good boundaries with in the beginning. Yes. Which is why if you set up a good boundary in the beginning, it's so much easier. Like when I went from my old job where I didn't set good boundaries and I went to a new job and I set good boundaries from the start. Oh my gosh, my life was great. <laughs> I set like yeah. great boundaries. And I was like, this is so much easier. It is. It's easier to do it from jump, you know, yeah. to start, you know, proceed the way you want it to go on. Yeah. So, you know, absolutely. I was like, I love setting boundaries now. And now I step, I like, I go to a doctor, I set boundaries, I go here, I <laughs> set awesome. boundaries. I'm like, this is the way things are going to be. Boom. But yeah, it's, it's harder to set boundaries later than it is early on. I will say that. It really does. Because then you're in a rhythm, you know, you're in a rhythm of the type of relationship. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, now we have to stop and things are going to completely change, you know, to a degree. And it throws the other person off, you know, a little bit throws you off. It's like, okay, now we have to find our new rhythm. I agree hundred percent. But I think, you know, anytime you have a chronic illness, anytime you have anything with going on with your body, going on, you know, with, with any type of illness happening inside of you, stress plays a huge part in your chronic illness and boundaries are a way to ease that stress guys. Boundaries are just, they do. When you set good boundaries, they are a huge stress reliever for you Mm -hmm. in the end, like relieving stress by setting boundaries will do your body so much good. Um, cause we have to deal with enough, you know, we're, we're dealing with doctor's appointments, family life, career life, 
um, finances, maybe medical bills, so true. Um, more doctor's appointments, more doctor's appointments, another doctor's appointment. <laughs> Did yep. I say doctor's appointments? <laughs> um, aches and pains, trying to get out of bed. Like there's just enough going on, right? Yeah. We just have to do our best to like take care of ourselves. And so why, why add more to it? So finding ways to have good relationships with people, you know, have a job that's made a little bit easier, you know, have things go smoother with our kids, have things go smoother with our families, anything we can do to do those things. It just, it makes our chronic illness journey just that much better. Like, I want to say that much better because like, like our chronic illness journey is just a freewheeling ride here, (laughs) Um, but it makes it that much, much easier. It really does. And I think boundaries are a huge part of that. Uh, and it's huge in feeling empowered. Yeah. It's huge in making yourself feel like you have this empowered, you know, just strong, you know, spirit. And you're like, I'm important too. It's important that I'm heard and I'm seen and that my boundaries are enforced, you know, and sometimes you may lose a relationship over it. You know, yeah. I've had that happen. It, it's not all the time. It's, it's more rare, but I've had that happen where my boundaries, I started to realize this person wasn't really good for me. Well, the thing is, is I think some of us are so afraid to set that boundary because we're so afraid of losing the relationship. Yes. It is rare guys. And it is rare. And I want to point that out. Losing the relationship is rare. And I, I think we need to be really clear on that. Um, sometimes it's an uncomfortable conversation, but you are it's not likely to completely lose relationships. I do though. So I don't want to scare everybody about having boundaries. Fear though, is what holds us back from setting boundaries. It's that fear of the potential of losing the relationship. It's that fear of that uncomfortable conversation. And that's what holds us back the most. And it's, it's, it's the over, it, it, it's that we need that push to overcome the fear. We need to take that first step to overcome the fear. Yeah, and right. it is the hardest step to take when we're setting boundaries, when we're, when we're, when we're trying to get to that empowered point, that first step we have to take, and it is the hardest step to take because it's always in the back of your head. If I set that boundary, I'm going to lose that person. I mean, it's really hard. I'm going to be really harsh here. If if you're having to set a bound, if if you lose that person, is your life really going to be that bad because they're that much of a stress on your life? If you're that afraid, then they're that much a stress on your life. It's hard because I think we all have this innate sense of for approval, right? We all want this sense of approval, but we can't live for approval all the time. Guys, we can't, we just can't live for approval. We have so much going on with our bodies and everything else. And this is something that over the years I've had to learn. Um, And I wish I, I, this is one of the things, you know, I don't wish to go back to my younger self too often, but this is one of the things I wish I could tell my younger self is you cannot care about anyone's approval. Stop it. Stop it. Just stop worrying about what others think and be yourself. And I was lucky enough to like start realizing that in my early thirties. I don't know why I started realizing that in my early thirties, 
And like, that's when I started like really admitting I was into geek culture <laughs> a lot, but that, that was my early foray into admitting like into allowing myself to be myself. And as I got into that, it opened up a whole world of like, well, if I can admit, I love Star Wars and Star Trek and, and like all these crazy Buffy shows and, and like really like geek out on it and Doctor Who and all that, I can start being myself with other things. Then I realized eventually I want to be that 90 year old old lady sitting out on her porch, throwing Halloween candy at the kids going, get off my lawn, child. You know, I not really, I just want to be that 90 year old lady who can say whatever comes into her head. Like my grandmother was, cause she was awesome guys. But, you know, I think you just start to realize over time that you, the more yourself you are, the, the better off you are. And it comes from, again, from setting boundaries and opening yourself up too. It does. Cause when you can set the boundaries and you can truly be your true authentic self, you will draw people to your true authentic self. Exactly. And they will, they will be able to give you what you need. Exactly. So I think when we, when we have that fear about taking that first step, when we have that fear of setting that boundary and it is that overwhelming, we are so scared to do it because we have in the back of our head, we're going to lose that person. And oh my gosh, it just tells me we're not really being our authentic self with that person. If it's that overwhelming, that's just, I think over the years I've realized, like, if I have that fear, then I, I need to kind of get over it. If they're going to be so terrible about it, I don't need that person in my life. I don't. And you guys, I, and I'm speaking from experience. It's hard. It's so hard guys, but take the first step, take the first step, take your first step with someone where it's not that difficult. Take the first step with someone, you know, is probably going to be okay with you taking the first step, try baby steps, yes. then try someone that's a little more difficult. And then try someone that's a little more difficult until you get to that one person that is like, you have to psych yourself up for <laughs> it, it. That's just the way it is. Like, don't go to the biggest baddie in your, in the, in the boundary group first guys, unless you're really up for like, this podcast has me fired up and I'm totally going to the biggest baddie. If that's the biggest <laughs> I want to hear about it. I want you to share that story yes. with me because, oh my gosh, I, w that's amazing. Yeah, totally. You know, I'm so proud of you, but I know not everybody's going to be up for that. Uh, but if just take your time, guys, take your time, set, set a small boundary here, set a small boundary there, take your baby steps. It takes time. I mean, it, it, it's taken me decades to get to where I am. And now you guys probably have realized I am not a young baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I'm proud of my age guys. I'm, I'm okay. I just, I want you guys to feel empowered and I want you guys to set good boundaries because it's going to help you deal with the actual things you need to deal with. It's going to help you guys deal with your health. It's going to help you guys deal with the issues you actually have to be dealing with on a daily basis, not all the other crazy stress BS that you don't, you shouldn't have to deal with. That is, that's the, that's, that's our advice for this week. And it's, this is, 
it's it's kind of a heavy episode, guys. Setting boundaries because boundary setting boundaries is kind of a heavy thing. But I challenge you all this week to kind of set a few boundaries with people that you need to. At the same time, take care of yourself. Take care of your own mental health. Where we've got the Facebook group. It's again, it's a private group. You can share your thoughts. You can share your stress. You can share what you need to share in there. I encourage you to do it because again, heavy, heavy topic this week. Feel free to share in there, vent, vent away. We're there to listen, offer our advice. If you need help with setting a boundary with someone, share it in there. If you need to, if you need advice, there's there's plenty of us in there that will gladly, you know, walk you through, help you with it, or email us. We're glad to. Um, Nicole and I are so glad to help you with whatever, you know, you want some help with, but in the end, just have a great week, everybody. We're there with you in spirit and, uh, take care of yourselves. Most definitely. All right. Bye guys. Bye guys.